You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter, Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 428th episode of the Slow Ride Podcast. I am Matt in snowy Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, uh, where I am eagerly awaiting Tim's arrival on this podcast. We've been waiting for about 45 minutes. Um, I don't know if his, What's going on? his taxi is late or... Um, hmm. This is very strange. Unlike him. You know, uh, much like Peter Sagan at Strada Bianchi, uh, <laughs> he got dropped. Uh-huh. Uh, and, uh-huh. uh, or maybe he was never supposed to even be there. Who knows? But I don't think we're going to have Tim tonight, unfortunately, folks. He's off doing um, travel. Tim's traveling a lot. so Yeah. But uh, I, I'm, I'm sure he wishes he could be here, uh, much like Peter Sagan probably wishes he could see the front of a race. <laughs> uh, I mean, I am so sad about, I'm so, both sad and I also, whatever about Peter Sagan. But I, I was really, um, we've had some years in the wilderness and I thought he's going to do it. He's going to, th- he's going to really buckle down for one last go and show these uh-huh. kids, these kids, uh-huh. these pidcocks, these, Vanderpoles, these Alaphilippes, he's going to show them what's what. Um, instead, getting dropped early, and he's letting literal children, uh, Pidcock's, what, mm-hmm. 12, uh, Madios or Valentin, whatever, got second for FDJ. I know he's 26, New French Hope. Okay. Yeah. T-Spinute's probably still on this on the, on the 20 side of 30. I don't even know. I'm just saying, Sagan, man, not... Uh-huh. But anyway, that's not the lead story from Strata Bianchi, which was on Saturday, which was both on the men's and women's side. Awesome. Mm-hmm. The 47th Monument of Cycling is a mm-hmm. great race. And the 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 racing action was hot this year. I would say the women's race was better than the men's race, but oh, they were certainly, both certainly. They were both super super good. Which one sh- which should we talk about first? Which one should we I think we should start with the women's race because it, I think it was a little more dynamic. Um, both kind of featured the the solo breakaway for a while, um, but with the chase group uh, eventually cast, catching um, lone leader Kristen Faulkner off the front in the women's race. So, little guy, did you think she was gonna pull it off? Well, or unfortunately, I didn't get to watch. I've, I've a two-parter to this. I didn't get to watch okay. the women's live. I, I got to watch some of the bends. I, uh, as I tweeted from the slow ride account, I spent a bunch of Saturday morning at the emergency vet office. Cause my cat oh. ingested something and my cat is uh-huh. fine. Um, that's but, good, but it is expensive to take your cat to the vet. But what I'd learned while I was waiting around at the vet was that, was that Demi Wallerine had won. And I and I'd sort of seen people being like, "Oh, Faulkner was off the front." Yeah, and 
and I guess from what I just read, tweets and what, I thought like, oh, she was out the front, but then like they passed her and then they like had a long solo to finish. What I didn't realize was how unbelievably agonizingly close she was. Yes. Yes. And how she didn't even, she tried to go down swinging and not really swinging, more like shouldering her way shouldering. to the victory, which I really enjoyed. We could, we could talk about this. Yeah. Um, but I mean, what's, what's impressive little guy is the, that I thought she would make it for the longest time. Like it was kind of touch and go there for a touch while, but the chase group of uh, Volering and Lada Kopecki, yes. they were really horsing around back there for a while. They were really horsing around. There was a lot of horsing around in the whole race. <laughs> no, yeah. No one could stay serious. The, I, I think I saw the horse was okay, and I hope that's true. I hope that's true, too. I, I don't have any follow-up information on the horse. The, of course, uh, if you have not heard, there was a horse on course in Strada Bianca who broke free from its lead and uh, was trying to take the lead uh, of the event away from um, uh, the Chasing SD Works uh, riders. And uh, the horse did beef it in a corner, um, took it a little hot, I would say, uh, but hopefully uh, they will be able to ride again uh, in the future. Riding on the gravel, you know, it's a a technique. Not everyone's (laughs) good at it. Well, so, I don't know if the horse had disc brakes or not. Um, yeah, well, didn't seem like it. it was probably part of the issue. Probably, it's definitely part of an issue. So, but Falcon was so close. When yeah, um, they're on the go, climb. On the climb, I want to go back to when. Okay. When Volerine and like Kopecky were first like linking up, and uh, okay, uh, sus, uh, Ludwig. If I can't yeah. remember her name currently. She tried to Cecil go across. Utrip Ludwig. She was like the yes. only rider that almost made it across to the two. So she almost right. made it to Valerie and Kopecky. And she was super close. Like close enough where they, they pan back on the shot. And and the announcers are kind of like, oh, all right, cool. She's she's just about there. And then they hit a teeny little rise. And she just, <sighs> just almost stopped. Like looked like she was barely moving. And obviously like she, she found her legs again and like, finished fourth finished with van vluten and like dropped van vluten on the final climb but i Mm -hmm. have never felt so uh in sync with a rider as that (laughs) moment of getting so close Uh, to the winning break and like i she was going so slow like she popped so hard i mean she obviously got it back together but like i there's so few moments in cycling in professional cycling that you can truly relate to no. but that's one of them. yeah i mean i couldn't relate to uh, watching uh Valerine and Kopecky. like i couldn't relate uh-huh. to that because they look they're so fast and they were f- yeah. just flying and they look they were just like taking turns and like they just look so smooth about it and yeah. falconer off the front same deal like so strong mm-hmm. and obviously she was strong in the end she ended up fourth but that, like, putting in that big effort, going way above your limit, trying to latch onto them, like, she could have made it. Maybe she could have just sat on. Anyway, really uh, helps cement that she's a rider yeah. I really enjoy watching. Um, yeah. It was a great, great ride. But holy cow, those those two took off from the main field. And, yeah, yeah. took back a lot of time to just catch Faulkner on the final climb. Much to do about this Man. final climb. Uh, yeah. The catch, the pass, the um, the final meters. Uh, a lot 
to digest in this race. Um, from, I mean, not even from the, the ex- actually final meters of yeah. Lada versus Volering, not apparently knowing <laughs> what they should do, like in sprinting it out. Um, I love it personally. Oh, you know, yeah. I thought you might, and we can get to that. But right. leading up to that, a lot of uh, chatter about Faulkner putting somebody into the barriers. Uh, little guy, I, I saw this clip. I'm very curious to know if you uh, think that that what the, this is what they would call in Formula One on the first uh, lap of the race uh, a racing incident, or if you think it's uh, something more severe. I think it's just more of a yeah. It's it's just you're you've been out in the front for a long time and you. You can just ride where you can ride. You, I, I think at that point, Falcon was just hanging on for dear life. So, like, they just shouldn't have gone up on the inside. I don't even remember if it's Kapeki or Valerin who who tried to go on the mm-hmm. inside of her. But, yeah. It's the she inside, into kind of a corner. She was drifting. Uh, you got to think they're on about, I don't know, 13% grade at that point. Yeah, you're cracked. Know. You're not no. seeing straight. I don't think there was anything sinister. She probably was trying to close the door to some extent, but I don't think she was trying to like yeah. put anybody into the barriers. No. Um, and it's her right. Close the door, man. I would have done that. I would have like lifted <laughs> all over the place. Oh yeah. Like, you can. Like what else can you do though? At that point, if you're that cracked and you've been caught, like, yeah, well, I don't know. Weave around a little. <laughs> yeah. You're going to, you ride your pace, but you, yeah, you weave around, you make the road as narrow as you can. I mean, yeah, that's, you know, whatever you let the you let the race officials sort it out later, but it's your only chance at that point. So you yeah. play your you play your cards. Um, so you are you saying you didn't like the fact that S, they sprinted it out? That SD obviously team orders weren't one of them should win from SD Works. They like they let them go for it. I thought that was kind of great personally. I no I I I okay. Let me walk this back. I do like that. I think that they didn't know exactly that that was the case. Like, I don't think they knew if they were supposed to let one or the other win or if there's a, a, I just think uh, the team boss didn't say that's up to you guys fight it out because they seemed confused um, all the way through the thing, which it was still a great sprint. And it came down to a, basically a photo finish. Nobody knew who between the two of them, nobody knew who won. Um, it sounded like to me, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like, uh, for as great as it was, it maybe could have been a little better had they had the heads up, like, Hey, you're fighting each other. Go for it. Yeah. It it was a little weird to see them finish and be kind of confused and kind of, um, near each other, but not, it wasn't like two teammates that finished and there was hugs. You yeah. Know? It wasn't like they watching. D- they did. I know there was a lot of speculation, but they did. There was a photographic evidence that they did give a give a hug at the end. I mean, they, although uh, it didn't look like it at the in the moment. In the moment, they were sort of sitting there. You know, it wasn't. Yeah, I was yeah. just thinking of like at, at at KBK the week before. You know, and it's like Tease wins, and then you've got Ben Hoyduck coming across the line in second. He's got the arm yeah. up. You know, he's pumped. He's yeah, like, yeah, sweet. Yeah. I got the podium. You got the yeah. win. Hey, we did it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to this was two two riders being like. Huh, mm-hmm. well, what just happened? Did I just win the 47th Monument in cycling or not? But uh. I like I like the sprinting it out. I mean, they'd been taking turns. So if one of them had been doing all the pulling, then, you know, it's a different, sure. it's yeah. a different story. There's obviously 
there's a set hierarchy, but really, there's no way to set a hierarchy okay. with those two riders okay. off the front. Like, so you think uh, better? Obviously, they're inches apart. You think if if um, Lada had been doing all the more of the pulling on the way to the line, then Demi should have sprinted it out, but maybe maybe not given it the extra ten percent or something and let her have it. Uh, well, you think that's fair? Well, I know I don't. I just think it was like. Let me let me let me put it this way. Sorry, uh, if 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 you had been in an amateur road race, maybe a Cat Three state championship, um, about ten years ago, uh, you and and I don't know, maybe some some guy named Tim uh, were in the race together. Your teammates, you get off the front, uh, your your victory is in the bag. You guys are working well together. You come to the line. There's no been no communication. Any out sprints you for that victory. Mm-hmm. Are you happy for him? Happy for the podium? Are you like, dang man, why didn't we talk about this? Uh, I think I'd be happy for him. I mean, that's the way you know you, you do. Now I want to no... remind you, he's not here today. Yeah, no, no, I would be, I would be. I, okay. I don't think there's no clear hierarchy, <laughs> and there's no clear hierarchy like with uh-huh. with with Lada and 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 Demi Volerine. Like, there's no. It's not like um. I can't think of the writer who's 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 Van Vluten's been like the German writer who's been like Van Vluten's like main teammate this year. It feels like toward the end of the races, but that's a sort of situation where it's like, yes, you're a very great writer, but like the Zanemiek Van Vluten, you know, like Limpert. Yes, Limpert's, but she's she's been with Van Vluten in a lot of like toward mm-hmm. the end of things and have been super strong, but like I think we know what the team hierarchy is, you know at this team. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And sure. I don't think there's a good way for SD works to smoothly say one of those two riders wins. You know, I think actually the best yeah. just for like team cohesion is probably to have them sprint it out. Because if you, if you have to come over the radio and tell one of them that they're, they're the number two rider that like the team actually wants one of them to win over the other one. I think the rest of the year, it's going to be like sure. blood because they're yeah. both, a plus plus right you know they're all they're both obviously like um uh Kopecky's ha- had two races this year a second and a first place and Valerian's been like 15th and first in there they have you know yeah two starts each they have crazy right. results so well it, it was a great race yeah. it's one of the it's it's gonna be a great uh rewatch on the trainer if you missed it um something like that so uh definitely if you're going to watch one of the 2023 Stradibianchis, uh, that's the one I would pick if I were you, but we can also touch on the men's race as well. The men's, uh, yeah, I think the men's the is good. Recap, eh, the recap goes Tom Peacock rode off the front and then he won. All right, moving on. Nah, but he, Tom Peacock rode off the front 50K, <laughs> right? But it wasn't uh-huh. as... It wasn't as um, set in stone as when Pogacar did a year ago. You know, it was. Yeah, that's true. That's it, true. I'm I'm giving it a lot of a lot of guff, but and there was I don't know. People were making a lot of drama about the Walter Benut uh, Jumbo Visma not having the cohesion in the chase group, but like sure they oh. played their card as well. But th- that was you had a really strong bigger chase group. Uh, Rui Costa back from back from the proverbial cycling grave of being at UAE <laughs> and being like Certainly. way down the pecking order 
proving that as a, I think you can go two routes toward the end of your career. If you're like a former champion, you can be, you can go to like UAE and be like the young guns, like right-hand man and like do the work Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. get solid results. Or you can do what Costa's done, which is like switch over to a team that's small enough that they're like, yeah, man, you can be the leader again. You've been the leader in like four years. And now he's like, now you're like, oh, remember this Rui Costa guy's pretty good. I was impressed. He's okay. Fourth place. You know, I don't even know if he'd ever done Strada Bianca before. I just, uh, you know. I'm not sure either, actually. That's a, that's a good question. He's 36. Um, I guess I'm just, I'm, he seems like a rider, obviously, that should be good at this race. And then, but also he's a rider that you, for years we've been like, he should have been, I don't know. Anyway, it's good to see him back. You know, should have been. Also, yeah, uh, it's, uh, he, he, there's not any big races I can think of that he, uh, that he won. I'd like to know, I know <laughs> he's won some big races. Oh, but, okay. um, that's good. It's early in the season, but we always say this contract year signed a one year oh. deal. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. With, uh, Intermonte, uh, whatever they are, Circus Guanti. And mm-hmm. I think I would say very not, there's only a handful of riders that would warrant an immediate re signing right now if they're on a one year deal. And I would say so far he is, he 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 should get that get them to really? sign a new deal right now. He's got uh one two he's got two wins and a GC win. He's got one two three four All five right. podiums, uh okay. seven or eight top tens. That's All like right. All I got to say is that's good return on investment for that team. Yeah, no, I mean that is what Indermarche is uh good at. Uh, I would say is is finding diamonds in the rough, uh, more or less. Um, they're taking up the mantle that Alpecin uh, Phoenix has kind of dropped by the wayside, um, as all their riders have been scooped up by bigger teams. Uh. <laughs> yeah, it has to happen. Um, well, speaking of Al- Alpecin, Vanderpool kind of not uh, not doing the Vanderpoolness that we expected. Good, not great. No. In 15th. Uh, just ahead of uh, Tom Schoon's, uh in 17th, just missing 16th place. He was pretty confident uh. that he got it, but on closer inspection, uh, Aaron Abura from Astana did, but still... Tom uh, movie star, movie ride. star. Oh, did he move over? He is on movie star. Movie oh. star. Um, I didn't even see Yeah, I, I know Tim would be disappointed that Tom's didn't get it, but he would probably be happy that somebody from movie star did. So, um, I guess that's how he could reconcile it. I personally am inconsolable. I'm hoping that Tom's can pull it off at some point. Um, because we know how much a 16th place would mean to him. <laughs> He's been there. Uh, I, I was excited though. It was a great ride from him, but, uh, he did, I mean, he had to outsprint former world championship, uh, winner, Michael Kiewikowski for that, uh, what he thought was 16th place, but it turned out to be 17th. No, uh, yeah, he, I mean, he finished. Like, that's work, that's putting in work for it, man. Yeah, Kwiatkowski, Pino right behind him, Warren Bagheel, and uh, Gravel World Champion in 22nd, Johnny Vermeersh, so uh, a, man, a man who knows his are way you, around the roads, the dusty roads. Are you disappointed in Johnny Vermeersh, the Gravel World Champion, that uh, he could only do 22nd in this race? 
Uh, yes and no. I think Johnny's going to win Flanders this year, probably. So it's just oh. uh, we're building form. We're building form. So mm, okay, interesting. I was going to say, does that mean that Gravel Worlds is not hard enough, or does it mean that Strada Bianca is not a gravel race? Uh, probably the first one, or just in in the different time of year. <laughs> I mean, okay, all right, okay. <coughs> But and I, my 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 last gravel related question, little guy. Okay, I'm looking at this top uh, twenty right now. A lot of French in there. Not a lot of domination by other countries. There's a smattering of Belgians and some other folks, but like, yeah, are French cyclists the new gravel? Like, have they embraced it? Are they new America? Like, they got a second place, an eighth place. And the nineteenth and twentieth. Uh, yeah, the, France is the new America. That's what I'm saying. I mean, not a surprise. Uh, Ooh la la! Matthias was solid last year and has come out swinging in the classics again. So for FTJ, right. that's good to see. I think more it's that um, it's this it's the thing we've obviously been saying for years, and the guys over at Across Radio have been saying for years, which is that. We've got a crosser on the head of the podium here. Mm-hmm. Vanderpool's won this race, obviously. Walt's won this race. And then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. even today, Perry Nice starts. And who wins but Tim Merlier, cyclocross rider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's almost like cyclocross helps you become a better road racer. It's possible. I'm just saying. Go All right. Well, I will let our listeners ponder that. Uh, nugget while we get prepared to reach out yet again to Simon Geshka to see if he will become a an official correspondent. So let's check into the uh, the email bag, the, the outbox, and uh, see what we can type up uh, and get going his way in the pre-lap. What up? This is Tom Skoyinch, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, little guy. Here we are. Prem lap. It's early March. Road racing is kicking up. I know you're buried under ice and snow still, but for most of the rest of the world, training season is here. Uh, it's it's time to look look it's early march it's time to start getting serious about riding some bikes if you want to be fit for um the criteriums that are surely going to start in the next week or two um it's time to start hitting the uh either the trainer or the the road rides or something and if you're gonna want to maximize the precious little time you have left before training races start you're going to need a great training partner. And here at the Slow Ride Podcast, we like to recommend the Hammerhead Karoo 2 cycling computer uh, as our top tip uh, for training, for all your training needs, for all your training crit needs, for all your gravel needs, for all your, I don't know, whatever needs, virtual racing, e-racing, I don't care what you're doing. I I use the Hammerhead. Yeah, I use the Hammerhead Karoo 2 on basically all of those things. Um, and it performs 
so very well. Um, I, you know me, I don't like to mess around with, uh, with the doodads and the doohickeys and the dongles and the plugging things in and the messing around. Um, I just want to, I want an iPhone esque experience with my, uh, cycling computer. I just want to push a button and have it turn on and connect to the, the satellite GPS and just be ready to go. And for me, the, uh, the hammerhead crew two is what gives me that feeling. Um, it's super smooth. It works really well. The screen, uh, the full color screen, super bright and vibrant and great maps. And just like, I don't, I, I, I can't focus on one, one positive to talk about because there's so many, which is kind of making this ad rough, uh, for me, little guy, if I'm being honest, there's too many good things to talk about. Good problem. Um, yeah, it is, it is a good problem to have, but, uh, right now, um, the Slow Ride Podcast listeners can uh, get some some goodies from Hammerhead along with the purchase of the crew too uh, using the code SLOWRIDE at checkout. Head over to hammerhead.io and learn a little bit more about the crew too if that's something you're interested in. Uh, I think you'll be impressed. I was impressed. I didn't know much about the computer at all before uh, – before they came on to sponsor this podcast and they've been on for a long time now and we really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was pleasantly surprised when I first used it um, that, you know, just the performance was really good and the, like I said, the look and feel of it was super sleek and super dialed in. So um, highly recommended here on the Slow Ride Podcast. Yeah, great computer and you're going to want to have it on there so you can make sure... You know, you did enough miles for it to count as a monument when you're out there. Do the uh-huh. gravel. Uh, Fondo. Sufferfest Fondo. It's coming uh-huh. again. Yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll figure out if that's a monument or not. Um, maybe in the second half of the show. But yeah, yeah hammerhead.io. Uh, check it out. Tell them the Slower Podcast sent you. And uh, let us know if you do pick one up. We actually really love to hear uh, folks yeah. That have bought them, have written in in the past, and uh, it's always great, great feedback to get. So, um, with that, I also should mention uh, the Wide Angle Podium Network. We are a a collective of um, cycling independent media that has been going since 2017, um, funded and floated primarily exclusively by donors, uh, by listenership. Uh, you can head over to wideanglepodium.com to look at the donation options if you are so inclined to support the efforts that we put out here in the Slow Ride Podcast that Bill and crew put out over on Cyclocross Radio that Amanda puts in uh, over at Rodeo and, of course, that Rob Kelly, um, frequent guest on the Slow Ride Podcast, puts out over at Criterium Nation. Um. I think we put out a ton of great media. Uh, I, I, we love and appreciate all the support we get. And uh, if it's something you want to be a part of, head over to wideanglepodium.com. Learn a little bit more. Yeah. Thanks in advance to anyone who, who does that. And all thanks to all the folks who've, who've been doing 100%. it. 100%. It, it means a lot. So it's, it, it is a very heartwarming thing. Um, but with that little guy, We've got some more cycling to talk about, so let's get back to the show.
Spencer, we got uh, yeah, we got a few other things on the agenda, but we also got some emails. Oh, oh okay. So, well, All right. We should dip into the mailbag a little bit and then see what see what else there is. Uh, got a couple good ones this week. Uh, Christine Ryan hit us up. She says, "I'll see you one NV poncho and raise you by a poncho uh, made by a custom kit company based in LA that costs and wait for it, Spencer, nine hundred and fifty dollars." Oh, says, oh. <laughs> says, get someone, Matt. There's some serious money to be made. Now, the best part this is of this. True. So this, so so I was very excited to click on this link. And okay. it's from the company is Brant Sorensen. Does that name does that it, mean anything to you? Uh, yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> unfortunately, it does. Uh I I don't think we're gonna I mean Price tag alone, I wasn't going to be purchasing this poncho. Yes. Um, but uh, I think maybe based on the brand, I'm also not inclined to purchase this one. No. Um, folks should check out Brant Sorensen page. There's a lot of stuff on here. <laughs> I'll admit, there's a couple pieces that I'm like, that's lovely. I'd wear that. I, uh, I, I want to support American-made things. And, uh-huh. um, but my God, the prices on here are um insane but the poncho the best thing about the poncho <laughs> is not the 950 dollars, uh-huh. and it's not all the talk of um high-tech fabrics and uh-huh. weird things it's that it's called the you usada is what what it says it's it's on the poncho so u-s-a-d-a-d-a so uh-huh. we, we we know now, well, we haven't said it, folks. Brant Sorensen was uh-huh. uh, at least one half of this group was I forget which one even was a guy who was uh, famous for poaching some Strava a few years ago. Yep. And yep. Strava famous poacher. for yeah. uh, perhaps I don't even know if this is like officially proven, but not uh, perhaps maybe doing it with some illegitimate means. Maybe uh, certainly. Coming to it by uh, some things that would run you afoul of USADA. Certainly, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but if folks check this out, there is some crazy stuff on this website. the The poncho is a great jumping off point to get you in the door of crazy. Okay. But if you really want to go crazy, there is there's like a duffel bag that's seventeen hundred dollars. Uh huh. It's just bongers, but there's a face mask on here. I can't. I was trying to find it right now because I could tell you exactly what the face mask is. It is some scary stuff. It's like a full face. It's like a. It's like a quilted full face, like uh, Leo in uh, Man in the Iron Mask, but it's like quilted. Oh, and it's like nine hundred dollars as well. It's insane. You know. Thank you for turning me on to this, Chris. Uh, it's, uh, I don't know if that's a thing. It like, made my day. Oh, okay. I got a yeah, lot yeah. of giggles, and no, I mean, I stared at the name for a while, and I was like, I know that name, and I feel like yeah, something, yeah, yeah. Uh, I shouldn't like that name. Anyway, you shouldn't. No, Crazy. it's bad. It's a. Yeah, I wouldn't support that business. But when was that? Like that's just my opinion. Twenty sixteen. That whole Strava thing. No, I feel it was more recent than that, but. Um, yeah, I, I'm. I'm. Mis- I might be misremembering. I think it was a whole thing with uh, Phil Gaiman too. Yeah, um, yeah. 
There's, yeah, yeah. It's there's layers that I don't even pretend. To, I bet Tim totally knows, and he's yelling at his podcast player right now. Possibly, but, um, yeah. Well, that's what he gets for not showing up. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> thank you for the craziness. I'm I'm gonna right after the podcast. I'm gonna pull the sewing machine out. I'm gonna push aside this recording equipment. Put yeah. The sewing machine on the table. I was I was gonna say, little guy, if these things are selling for nine hundred fifty bucks, even if they've sold one, that's all we need to do, and we're set for life. Right, I know. we can at those, retire at those prices. I mean, so get to cutting those sleeves off. I know you've got the puffy coat. That's right. And just, me. just, just sew them together. Like it can look like we'll just call it distressed or something. Like it's fine. Oh, it's, you don't have to do a good job. It's distressed. It's already, <laughs> okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I think you know. So here's the thing: we want to target that same market, but I we can't price it the same. Um, and we certainly can't price it more than that. Cause I, that will feel very bad taking advantage of someone that badly. But yeah. if we price it like right underneath, like I'm thinking like eight seventy five. that's a good price. Like we hit that sweet that. spot where, where people are like, they're already sniffing around for expensive puffy ponchos for cycling in. Um, but they're maybe balking at the nine fifty. They'll probably bite at eight seventy five. It's a good point. It's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, you we'll, don't want to we'll you want to be the most way. expensive, but you want to be like so close so they still just feel, right like, there. The exclusive yeah. nature, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to think of some applique lettering to put on mine that really, really sells it. I don't know. Um, another email here from uh, Nick Dahl it says, "Where's the donkey, George? A break in oh. the case. Break in the case. Oh, I missed the press release about outside media buying up the New York Post, but." I noticed a story that could offer some clues as to the whereabouts of the prize donkey. And uh, so he's got a link here. He says, I think the story misattributed the origin of the lost donkey, but the red string is unmistakably led us here. This has been, uh, this has bike racers without extra rooms on the bus written all over it. So uh, it's a story from the New York Post about Travel Lodge. It says, hotels reveal bizarre items left behind. And oh. travel lodges in the UK, and there's like weird pictures of the queen and people forgetting their dogs. But there's one Jesus. little bit in this story. <laughs> there's okay. I'll read you the paragraph. It says, Unfor- uh, unfortunately, uh, it's talking about some dogs. These weren't the only animals that are left behind. At the okay. pool, pool North Travel Lodge, a pair of donkeys named Daisy and Duke were forgotten by their new owners who had purchased them locally while staying there. Now, I do not know how you forget two live donkeys. That you just bought. You just bought, and you're staying at a travel lodge. Where are you keeping them at the travel lodge? There's so many unanswered yeah. questions. Um, I understand you win KBK, you go out, you get totally drunk with Lance, and maybe you can't remember where you put the donkey. Um, yeah. You know, you're like, it was laying on top of me when I was on the bus doing the transfusion. Where did uh-huh. it go? You know, it happens, but but I guess it, it's universal almost. People misplacing donkeys, so. Daisy and Duke, though. Yeah, Daisy and Duke. That's a, that's epic. How are you going to forget Daisy your, and Duke? I don't know if it's actually them. You know, it might just be stock donkey photography. Stockdonkey.com, yeah. The New York don't Post go to that website. Seem don't, like, don't, don't. <laughs> New York Post doesn't seem like they'd actually pay for the real photo. No, probably not. They didn't investigate that deeply. No, I mean, also it's a New York Post, so like, take what you will of that yeah, snippet fair. of a story that could be. Fair. 
uh, completely fraudulent. But um, yeah, good stuff. Thank you. <laughs> um, possibly got, lost at a travel lodge in the yeah, UK. Possibly. Interesting. And I'm sure they got travel lodges in uh, in Belgium. In yeah. Bern. Um, quick one. Uh, Ryan uh, Carnahan uh, hit us up. I said, gentlemen, thought you'd enjoy this hero uh, from the Fondrome classic. That's a picture oh. of uh, when uh, the Kofidis rider was off the front for a long time. I told you, Tim, last week, beautiful race. Go go watch your small <laughs> French race. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll a, put that on the list of my things to do. There's a, They got, got a nice quick shot with 26.8K to go if anyone wants to go check it out. Uh, there's somebody in like a, like a puffy unicorn, like swimming oh. attachment full outfit i don't even know what's going on but they're just running alongside him in this little unicorn it's uh <laughs> it's i appreciate nice. the creativity yeah, yeah. like if yeah. you're gonna be a person running alongside at least be memorable yeah no more and, no more borat swimming suits please Nah, no more borats not the antler guy um not the antler yeah. guy people are mixing it up and this is also what i like too it's soft it's squishy, yeah. it's air-filled. You do mm-hmm. run into the rider. Yeah, if you hit their arm or something. You won't hurt them. Yeah, you'll bounce yep. off them. Not going to cause a crash. No, it's yeah. great. A plus. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, we got one more email uh, from... Oh, actually, we got a couple more emails, but some of them are kind of more Tim, like I've said before. We've We're going to get the, f- the full team on them. The full yeah. team. So I, I got a note. If you didn't hear your email this week, um, it's probably because I think the three of us will jam on it a little better you know take a rock and sack solo over it and like it's just the way it works yeah Uh, we're just here laying down funky grooves and like yeah that only works for so long sim's gonna come in and just blow your minds people Uh uh-huh so jacob Sorensen hits us up uh with an email titled uh cannondale's tim cook says youtube comments are going wild over cannondale's tim cook keynote approach what do you think about what does slow ride think? Uh, should more bike companies be releasing keynote speeches to introduce their new products? Now, I don't know if you saw this, Spencer, but the new Cannondale, they have the Lab 71. It's like their uh-huh. highest Zoot bike. Uh, it's a Super 6 Evo, but it's like you get Super 6 Evo, but you can get like the, the Lab 71. So they're building it out of stuff they stole from right, right, right. spaceships. Uh-huh. It's uh, It's... Vertically compliant, laterally stiff. It's all the things. They, it's I mean, I, I did watch this video and they yeah. did actually mention those two things, the stereotypical oh, things. It was incredible. Like in the first minute. <laughs> yeah. And yes, the guy who comes out, it's just a presentation. It's it's almost like, yeah, in a lot, an Apple setup. He's just in a black shirt or whatever. And he comes out and he's against a white background and there's the bike and he's got a Tim Cook vibe. He doesn't have yeah. as big of arms as Tim Cook. I think we all know Tim Cook's kind of packing. It looks like he's been lifting a lot. But um, what do you think? It's weird. I watched I this. Stuff. Maybe not real stuff, but I learned something. I feel like I heard a lot of marketing speak that I wouldn't have heard otherwise. That That is yeah. true. Where else are you going to get all that marketing speak? The only other place to get it would be like Pink Bike or uh-huh. anything else that the outside uh, mm-hmm. company owns. Right. Where else? Well, you wouldn't go? you wouldn't get it from Road Bike Action. I'll tell you that much because they shut yeah, down this week gonna, too. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's um, bleak out there. I I don't know. I, I I part of me likes it. Like I I like the fact that they're doing something a little different, doing the presentation. 
I did watch it out of curiosity. Um, I don't know that it was as revolutionary as I was hoping it might be. I did appreciate that there was some snark in there at the other big three brands. Uh, I won't mention who was specifically targeted. You'll have to watch that yourself and see if you can pick out the obvious jabs. Um, so I appreciated that quite a bit, actually. Um, and I'm wondering if uh, if if the the big S and the the big T and the the little G will um, do something similar, and maybe we'll get some sort of media wars going on. Because I've had a dream. I'll let you in on this. I've had this okay. dream for this podcast for quite some time, where I where I would do a bit and just read bits and pieces from cycling press releases about new bikes and see if you guys could guess what brand it was because they're so ambiguous and they say the same things. Sounds very hard, but I literally, I got Google for them and I cannot find them. They, they like do not exist. I don't know where, where to find a press release about bikes, about specific frames and models that come out. It's, it's, it's painful. Um, so this kind of thing is perfect for that. And I want to see more of it for that reason. Um, because it exists, I guess, you know, like I go to, yeah, you can find it. Yeah. It's there. If you go to a specialized website and you click on the press link down, way down at the bottom, buried in the, in the footer, Mm -hmm. it brings you up like two press releases and the most recent ones from like 2018. It's, it's pathetic. Like the, come on. That's really funny. It's, it's embarrassing. Um, well, we've noted on this podcast that it seems like specialized has fired their whole public relations department or at least stopped listening to them as they, pour money toward uh, uh, big boy Patrick over there in Belgium's team over uh-huh. there, despite his actions. So, which is great. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I digress a uh, little guy. I, th- I thought it was fun. Um, yeah. I thought it was not, I, I want to see him push it further. I want to see, I want to see him explore the space a little bit and uh, see where they can take it. Cannondale okay. historically, it's always probably hit the best like marketing stuff. I would say, or the most creative anyway, uh, of, I mean, I guess they're not part of the big three, but of the big brands, um, big, big brands in the U S anyway, yeah, big um, American brands. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, let's see, let's see what they do. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was kind of funny. I would probably wouldn't have ever watched <laughs> it or no checked it out, but other than, cause we got the email. So I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. You know, it's a, it's a fine looking bike far as new, new bikes go. I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm on like a 10 year uh-huh. time frame before I can start appreciating in any bikes. It's, it's, it's a law. I can't, I can't do anything about it. So mm-hmm. I don't know what to think, but you mentioned, uh, the big brands up there. And, uh, I don't know if you heard this little tidbit of uh Trek rider, Antonio Tiberi, uh, being fined and then eventually suspended for 20 days from Trek for killing his neighbor's cat with a pellet gun. Oh, quite the uh, quite the Whoa. bit of uh, not good news. Just a weird cycling story that popped up. I think almost right after we recorded last Oof. week that I first heard of it. Just reading the story, um, it's crazy that he shot his neighbor's cat. It's not crazy to find out that he's twenty-one, and most twenty-one-year-olds are dummies. So sure, probably a lot of it. You're also not all psychotic. No, not all psychotic. Um, he at least took a little bit of 
you know, he, he admitted he did it, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know what like to do. Like, it's such a weird situation for Trek. It's like, what do you do? Uh, he's obviously in some legal trouble. Yeah. I don't know if it's that weird for the team. I think they just say, Oh, what did you do? Oh, and you did do it. Okay. You're fired. I, I know. It's like, I, I, but part of me is like, um, you know, I don't know. I guess I don't even know. Like, what do you do? You, do you fire someone for that? Is it enough? I'm yes. a cat lover, but I don't know. I guess I don't know. I do. You think fire? Well, I think he's going to be in plenty of trouble. He's fine, and he he he, he does. He's a he's an Italian writer, but he lives in San San Marino. Okay, which is very small. It's, it's a. Correct me if I'm wrong, but a little principality or maybe its own country kind of landlocked yeah. in Italy. Yeah. And okay. I, and yeah, I looked it up. It's only 33,000 people. So okay. this isn't surprising, I guess, when it comes because of that. But he did shoot the former head of state's cat. Uh, he didn't just oh. shoot anyone's cat. He did kill uh, Federico Padini Amati's cat. And who... who so... <laughs> Former if there's only thirty thousand people in the place, I mean, chances are you will be you will be messing with somebody with a fair bit of power in there. And some of the stories uh-huh. have quotes from um, uh, Federico, Federico. Uh, yeah. basically saying that. Uh, yeah, at the end of he says, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad the boy uh, admitted his fault, but having said that, we do not need to give residence to these people. So. I think he's going to be in a little bit of trouble. He might be moving house in the 20 days during the 20 days suspension period. Sounds um, like it. So, um, yeah, he's going to be, uh, he's going to be using that time. It sounds like probably to, to, to relocate back to Italy. Yeah. So yeah. not a writer I'm going to be able to cheer for though. No, certainly not. Um, interesting that if you shoot a cat in San Marino, you get kicked out of the country but if you shoot a cat while out riding for Trek Segafredo, you do not get kicked off of the team. That's true. I mean, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. What, I don't know. I, you know, it's like, it's a team I now, generally like, but it's, it's a <sighs> terrible situation. It's a team I generally like. We have good friends over there. Um, man, they've got a couple of stinkers on that squad, though, huh? Yeah. It's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. Good. You put us in a tough place, guys. You put <laughs> us in a up, really tough place. I'm looking up our boy Tabiri's uh, results this year. Seventh in GC at UAE Tour. Uh-huh. Uh, eighth at uh, Tour Down Under. Um, yeah. It's not good enough. No, it's not. Those, are, those races are not going to outweigh the... I mean, for, for me, you're fired no matter what. Uh, but maybe if you got on the podium, I'd be like, okay, I understand why Trek's not going to do it, but I wish they would for just barely cracking the top 10. Nah, get out of here. You're gone. You're done. There's, there's a line of, of young 21 year old Neo pros, uh, they'll do all right. Uh, you know, out the door here, um, waiting for a crack at a big team. So, uh, moving on, you got one responsibility as a professional cyclist, so it's not to do anything super stupid. And they keep <laughs> doing true. stupid things. That is true. I mean, you are you are just a roving billboard, so just yeah. not doing dumb things is is pretty much. Um, it's it's pretty base. not a very tall order at the end of the day. Like ride your bike and don't be an idiot. Yeah, yeah. screwed up one of them. 
Yeah. Well, I screwed up. T- yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Uh, I have one other thing on my mind that I want to I want to try and discuss with you. I um, came up with an idea, and I'm sure it's not original, uh, but it's new to me. Um, maybe it is original. Who knows? I'm not going to take credit though. Um, every year around Strada Bianchi, everybody starts talking about how it should be a monument. And there's great debate about, uh, is it big enough to be a monument? Is it been around long enough to be a monument? Is it worthy of being a monument? Yada, 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 yada. Of course, there's no stipulations about what a monument is or what it should be. All we know is that there are uh, only a handful of races that have ascended to this, you know, Flanders, Roubaix, Lombardia, uh, Japan Cup, uh, Milan San Remo, and uh, one of those uh, Ardennes classics. Um, I think Liège. Probably, yeah. And then you've got a bunch on the cusp. Uh, you you always like to say Amstel's on the cusp. I love um, Amstel. I think, yeah, I think it's right up there. With, it's as good as Liège, so like... Yeah. yeah. Obviously, um, Strata Bianchi's on the cusp because people keep talking about it. Gravel Worlds is probably on the cusp. Um, <laughs> who knows what else? Um, how? I don't... I, the, the reason this keeps coming up is because nobody knows what makes a classic or a, a, a monument, how to decide... You know, if there are more slots we can give, et cetera, et cetera. Let's, let's fix this. And Tim's not here, so we can just get it done. Uh, we don't have to beat around the bush and, you know, talk about all kinds of ifs, ands, and buts because, you know, Tim, he likes to run us around in circles and uh, not get straight to the point. Me, directly to the point all the time. I don't just talk for Always, five minutes yeah. of, to no, lead up no, into no, a story. No, no, no. So here's what I'm thinking, little guy. We need to come up with a number of how many monuments there can be, like a cap. I don't care if it's 10 or 12 or 5 or whatever, 7, how, there, how many there are. Um, but I'm thinking we need some sort of promotion relegation system for cycling monuments. Like, if they're not good enough for like a year or two in a row, they get dropped. And somebody else comes up and we see if they're good enough. They're producing exciting results. Maybe it's based on TV viewership. I don't know. But, um, you know, we, we, they, I think they can change. I think they can be a rotating cast of characters. Uh, and I think, you know, obviously Flanders and Roubaix have got enough clout that they'll stay. But I'm not going to lie, little guy. Like, Liège is, like, fine and good. But, like, I think it'll probably still make the cut. But I don't know about Milan San Remo. It's a, it's only good it's only good for 10k little guy. It's 300k uh, long. Yeah, I I mean I think uh yes, you're right. You're right. It is hard. It's it's from a different time. But I think that's what that's what makes it still good. And I if if you took away that. No, strangely this year Milan Sanremo won't start in Milan. It'll like start in a suburb because there's some other event. So they Ugh. won't they won't actually do the I mean, most of the, the, like, part of the race that's racing. But I I always, you know, like, you know, it won't start in by the cathedral. They won't have to ride over the tram tracks, like, when they're in the city. Um, So what is it if it's not that? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I don't, you know, 
That would be hard. I was just looking up now to see uh, some UCI points because they're all rated okay. like the same rating, right? Like, Interesting. So like, okay. Just pulling up like you, Roubaix winner five hundred UCI points. Uh, okay. Strata four hundred. Okay. Uh, the Umloop for comparison, a classic. I think we would all agree, but not a monument. Right. Three hundred. Okay. Okay. So that's a pretty big point. A hundred is a big point difference between yeah. winning. So Strata they're giving, they're putting some respect on Strata in that regard. Okay. Yeah, they definitely are. But you're right; it's not quite up to it. I I kind of like what you're saying. Kind of move it around, but I I don't know. It's like uh, cycling is so, it's so so like tradition based. But I, I there are a lot of good races that I think should get more attention. Yeah, and I, I would think, like uh, to see them bumped uh, up. I'm I reminded. I I saw a tweet uh, this week from Orla, uh, who is over on uh, I think at Sporza or something. Um, tweets a lot about cycling, cycling journalists on Twitter, mm-hmm. um, and she she made the uh, kind of a jokey tweet, um, being like cycling fans, basically like uh, always saying. Cycling needs to evolve. We need new stuff. It needs to like get more exciting, whatever. And then the second cycling changes anything, everyone's like, no, wait. Oh, yeah. We can't change that. This is how it's always been. And we definitely live in this double edged sword, uh, double standard. Uh, but I think we can bite the bullet. And, um, you know, Lombardi, uh, it's a great race. And I think it deserves it. But I don't know that the riders really show up for it. Um, a couple of them, a couple of them do. A couple of them do, certainly. Right. But yeah. outside of the top five, I don't know. You know, it's mostly a new world championship winner gets to show off the jersey kind of race. I think. Well, so so I'm 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 super confused. I haven't really dug into this before, but like digging into the UCI points here. So I just uh-huh. looked up. Uh, San Sebastian last year. Okay. 400 points to the winner. Okay. Amstel Gold, 500 points. That's classics that's points. A, that's a monument. Or that's monument points, right? Yeah. It's not just yeah. classics points. Interesting. So I don't, I guess I don't know how the UCI is making that distinction. In a way, they're, I think they're, they're saying that with the points, right? They're yeah. Saying Amstel is. Better than Strata. Yeah, or at least, yeah, they they way better than points wise. uh, At 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 Newsblad, whereas Fletch Fletcher Uh is uh is four hundred. So it's just four hundred points. Yeah, I feel like that's rated high. Hmm. I mean, the last climb is four hundred, but the rest of the race is not. I mean that. Yeah, yeah, no, it's true. But you're right. That's like that's a that's a race that I think would would definitely drop down in your system because mm-hmm. the end is good, but even less than Milan San Remo. Yeah, that's is, true. Is is Flesh Malone good? Like it is just the last time up the climb. I, yeah. I don't know the last time I've watched that race, and granted, it's on a Wednesday, so like it doesn't work in, in yeah. scheduling all the time. But um, yeah, it's just hard to get excited about. Yeah, I'm thinking, you know, there's, there's a lot of races, I think races, uh, like promoter wise, and also just by quality of field 
and excitement level for the event have really stepped up their game over the last, specifically over the last few years, but definitely over the last de- decade or even two. Um, and some uh, races are kind of sitting back on their laurels a little bit, little guy. And I, I don't think it's a bad thing to to shake things up a little bit in cycling. Um, you know, I'm not out here advocating for the Hammer Series to be a cycling monument as much as I would love to see it. But, you know, there are some some stratas of the world uh, that, that do deserve a shake. Maybe some small Italian classics in the fall um, deserve a look, uh, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think the Italian classics leading up to Lombardy need uh, – more importance, mm-hmm. whatever. As much mm-hmm. as I'm excited about the Belgian classics, I do really like the end of season Italians. As I've said, I think it's a great, <laughs> it's a great little exciting block of racing. But yes, it comes at the tail end when everyone's tired and sleepy, yeah, and ready for cyclocross season. <laughs> yeah, I just uh, don't. Cycling is so, and you're right. I do it too. I think some things change, but I don't want to give ground on any of my. 50 pet peeves of cycling Uh of things i love about cycling Mm -hmm. but there are all these really other old weird races that i think should be elevated and the races that are aren't necessarily always the best it's just they had the best marketing budget at one point and they slid in at the right moment Mm -hmm. and and here we are and obviously strata really proves that it came on and like Mm -hmm. riders want to ride it yeah change the game i mean I don't know what it was the, f- the first few years, but I doubt the UCI points were anything near what it is now. Like if now it's 400, so it's comparable to a lot of other classics. Just from a point standpoint, it makes sense for a rider to target it. But like years ago when like Cancelero first wanted or whatever, was it, I doubt it had that many UCI points. It was just a matter yeah, of riders being like, this is cool. This is fun. And, then, and this is a race I want to win. You know, this is a race I want to go enjoyable. put on my Palmares. Yeah. And that's, that's what should make a, a classic. And I, you know, I, Blonson Remo still has that, I think, but there's some other ones uh, in there that maybe need to be rethought, but I'd, I'd like to see like a 10, 10 race, maybe monument um, schedule that are worth the 500 points or whatever. And yeah, based on whatever it is, like rider turnout or, or TV ratings or, fan poll or some combination of all of that. Um, like some, some come up and, and the bottom two go down, you know, something like that. And we kind of, uh, switch it up all the time and keep things exciting. I don't know, little guy, I'm disappointed. I thought we could get through this and hash out a, uh, solution here before the end of the, uh, episode, but, uh, alas, we are out of time. So yeah. I guess we'll have to wait for Tim to arbitrate, um, on this one or maybe, and greatly preferred uh, if if anyone out there listening has a better idea than we do or can flesh this out a little bit for us. Um, definitely hit us up on the email, uh, slowridepodcast, theslowridepodcast at gmail.com. Um, all your emails are gratefully received and we're happy to read them on the air. Uh, let us know, chime in with your thoughts on what we should do with the old monuments uh, if and when any, any need to be retired and know uh, what you think about pro rel in cycling, uh, but not for teams because we know that that doesn't actually happen. Um, 
Yeah, it, would it happen? Would it happen? In races? <laughs> we saw it happen when they tried to do that situation. With- well, all they got to do is change the point schedule. That doesn't seem as harsh, but what? Well, yeah, we'll see. Um, anyway, little guy, uh, that that'll wrap it up this week. Uh, I'm going to say thanks to all the listeners, the supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Thanks to Hammerhead. Uh, for the continued support renewed for 2023. You're going to hear some Hammerhead ads throughout the year from us. Greatly appreciate their support. Head over to hammerhead.io. Check out the Karoo 2. If you're in the market for a new cycling computer, we do recommend it. Um, You can always tweet at us or uh, gram at us uh, at the Slow Ride Pod on all those socials. Uh, Let us know. Um, anything we missed in cycling, anything you're thinking about, or you think we need to know, uh, we always appreciate that as well. Uh, and, uh, for, for Tim in Orlando, Matt, Minneapolis, this has been Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts, reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, and we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.